0: Hello and Welcome, Spiritual Trailblazers. I'm so excited to introduce you to our lovely guest today. And the topic I know is going to be beneficial on so many levels, and it's definitely going to bring up a few things that you probably didn't realize needed to be addressed. So I have Flora Ware, a paradigm shifter, dream igniter, and goddess guide. She serves a global community of women through her online business as a temple priestess, sacred business coach and leader mentor flora specializes in archetypical spiritual and embodiment helping women hear their soul's voice awaken the goddess within and align their life and work with their unique feminine power flora is deeply connected to her celtic ancestral roots having been on the path as a practicing witch since her first full moon women's circle in 1993 She lives in Vernon, British Columbia, Canada with her wife and young wizard in training. You can visit her at strengthandsoul.com and I was just taking her course so I can't wait to see which goddess I am. She has a lovely quiz there so make sure you check her out and the link for her website will be in a description of this episode. Flora, welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Tia. I'm really looking forward to this conversation
0: Oh, me too. And I'm so glad that we connected. I know we connected in the past. I absolutely adore your work. And I'm so thrilled to dive into this because as I'm rediscovering my witchy roots and all that jazz, some feelings definitely arise. So I'm very interested in understanding the witch wound and around and learning more about it. And I apologize. I mentioned this before on a podcast uh, with my brackets and my, teeth. <laughs> so there's going to be a little bit of uh, you know, uh, speech going on there, but you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> all good. All good. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. So what, can, can you explain what that is uh, for us and, and um, how we can identify that in our life?
1: Yeah. The witch wound is the fear of being found out. The fear of persecution that you might have some spiritual gifts or some, uh, you know, wisdom or understanding that other people probably uh, judge as being wrong, as being evil. Right, And so this witch wound is uh, part of our collective unconsciousness. And this is where it comes into the uh, psychological side, like Carl Jung, who uh, really spoke into our collective unconscious. It's something that's been passed down uh, through the generations from the burning times, from, from the era of the witch trials where women, I mean, it was, there was also men, but it was a primarily a genocide against women. And in particular, the herbalists, the midwives and any, um, Woman that had uh, oracular gifts, divination gifts, that um that, that they had, to, we had to hide. We were turned in by our friends, even our families. Oftentimes, entire villages and towns would be, you know, like just total genocide against women and and the and the feminine gifts. So this is this is a painful history that's been passed down and. Today it's still it's still prevalent in our unconsciousness, this fear of harm and of persecution.
0: When you said that, I literally said, and I had to press mute on my end because you're blowing me away. I posted yesterday on Instagram uh about how how I've been feeling and then the overall feelings I've been getting, and one of it was like, the fear of Basically being found out discovered like oh my gosh you know she's not not you know this she's this she's the you know and uh and th- the other thing that came to mind was the genocide for so long for almost as long as I can remember I always felt like I needed to have easy access to my cash like I, I needed the cash because in case I need to, to go in case I need to leave the country you know mm-hmm. and It was so crazy. Even before I learned I needed a passport, I'm just like, I need to have this money with me. I can't spend it in certain places because what if I need to get up and go? What if I need to leave? And oh my gosh, I really believe now that this is the, you know, a little bit tapping into the past life as well. And like you said, that collective unconscious, that feeling that arises, the more we dive into our, our, especially our, our witchy aspect you know it's it's really something to think about I appreciate you saying that yeah
1: oh that's so that's a great example for yourself of um, you know this this feeling this kind of like an anxiousness or a fear mm-hmm. that you that you didn't even necessarily understand like why, why do I feel like I need to have? you know, my quick money on hand in, in case I need to escape something. And that's, that's fascinating.
0: <laughs> right. So I guess it was like pieces of silver or gold back then <laughs> to the have on me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that, that's pretty awesome. So uh, if, if someone is uh, filling those ways, is there uh, a process that can help them to Um, understand because I know there are some people who are awakening to their witch aspect and I didn't start off with the word witch I started off with angels and then goddesses and then uh, goddess Hecate as we talked about in your lovely summit you had not too long ago appeared to me and then I dive more into the witchy aspect so Mm -hmm. is there a process people can work on to help them understand that and, and work through that
1: Oh, there, well, there definitely is. And of course it's going to be individual for, Mm -hmm.
0: for everybody.
1: Um, and you know, and I think the first step is, is actually realizing how it's showing up for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and again, it's going to be very individual. So for me, for example, I, um, you know, as you already mentioned, I, I was 14 years old in 1993 uh, when I went to my first full moon women's circle. And it was immediate remembrance mm. of this ancient practice of sitting together in a circle with women around a fire. It felt, I felt home. You know, mm. immediately, and so we can have these experiences in our life where we have that just that immediate moment of deep remembrance, right? And then it was like things started to come into my life, books, uh, mm. you know, different things. This was pre-internet, remember, right? So it was a different nineties, <laughs> um, and and then. I remember the first time and it was soon after that, which of course it just all makes sense that things were starting to heat up around once I was on the path that I had, I was reading about the witches being burned at the stake, being persecuted. And I had a very visceral memory come up in my body of, of that. And like feeling the panic and fear, like more than it was just normal when you're reading about something I had a very visceral reaction in my body and I felt that moment of whoa right and what was that and as as then the years went by it was it it it, it, it was easy for me to then look back and dismiss what I'd felt in that moment because I thought oh I was just being you know an overly dramatic teenager um which I was also right. So I thought, you know, years went <laughs> by, and I thought, oh, you know, you know, that didn't happen. And and I was I was out of the closet um, in my twenties. Like anyone that was close to me knew that, um, you know, I was witch. I was a witch that I you know did moon rituals. I even, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I taught different workshops. I was going to to circle. So I was. I thought that I was. You're pretty, pretty out of the broom closet, right? As the expression goes, (laughs) but it wasn't until I started my online business back 2016 and I was reaching more people all over the world and really like really putting myself out there that I had to face that again. And I had a, I I had a, so I had a second, very profound experience in the middle of a, of a, of a, of a guided journey where once again, I was brought back to that time, uh, the burning times. And that allowed me to, to, to really acknowledge that it had happened, that I couldn't just dismiss Mm -hmm. what I'd felt as a teenager, that I really had to look at that. And in that moment, I knew that that was a big part of my message for the women that I was meant to work with. So that I just wanted to share my story about it, that it really confirmed what had happened. But, you know, for you, um, you know, who is ever listening, right? Or for you, Tia, I mean, d- depending, like, the trigger nowadays could happen from an online comment by a religious. Mm-hmm you know, a religious family member, maybe it could be, it could, or it could be that fear of you not wanting to post something because who might read it or you wouldn't want so-and-so to think that you are, you know, turning to the dark side or whatever the the feeling is right. Where we have these, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this condition fear, especially if, especially from the Christian church. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be, it could be a look that someone gives you when you're speaking about your beliefs that you then interpret out of your own anxiety of thinking like, Oh no, they're going to, what are they going to think of me? Um, Holding back on on sharing what you know, um, your own spiritual gifts. Like if you feel that, if you feel like, Oh, I wish that I could do more of that, but, but I can't, well, look at that. What is behind that? I can't. Are you afraid that actually like your family's going to turn against you that you'll be um, rejected from, you know, from your family or friends? Are you, are you, is there this irrational fear behind that that you think that you or your, or your loved ones will come to harm if you speak about your psychic abilities or if you share about the plan wisdom that you know? So just, The first step is to really identify how it's playing out in your life.
0: That is beautiful. I I love that your story and how you explain those irrational fears. And uh, I like how you talked about the deep memories and home. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's going to also resonate a lot because one of the things I notice when I talk to people is that they get nervous about doing that you know, because they don't want to do something wrong. They don't want to connect with the wrong, you know, uh, deity or what, whatever the case may be. And you said, well, it felt like home. And that's so true. Even when I uh, was doing, um, a, a spell, I remember one of the first spells I did was the knot, uh, tying the knot with the string. It just felt normal to me. And that's before I, I actually looked up the knot tying something that said tie the knot. So, uh, <laughs> It's it's funny how it just comes back to you, and that's what I encourage people to do is to look at, <clears throat> just as Flora was saying, those irrational fears. When you see something like, oh, my gosh, you know, if if I say this, would they think I'm on the dark side? And the more research you do, just as you were saying, reading the books, it really will help you to take a few steps back and reclaim your power. And I think that's what a lot of people are trying to work through uh, or at least um, beginning to realize is that there's a lot of power within them that just got doused Mm -hmm. and unfortunately we are told or were told that you know this is bad this is horrible and one of the things I love doing is especially when I dive into uh, reading a bit of the history is finding the origin of things like origin words and I recently learned that Aphrodisiac is named after the goddess Aphrodite so the more right. you, yeah, I, I was, I was like, what? And uh, the other one was uh, erotic, was named after Eros. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And if, when we look at it, the their, their name is literally in the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm saying this because the more education we receive, you know, understanding our irrational fears and then understanding uh, the witch path and everything that falls underneath that, we have, some comebacks we we can say this isn't evil actually what you don't realize is that you're already involved you know how you say oh i use cinnamon it's aphrodisiac well boom you're honoring aphrodite <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: that's right yeah well and 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 which i believe the root word you know doesn't that come from the 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 wicca a word and doesn't Wicca translate to wisdom?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wisdom, wise one, all that. Yep, wise one.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's yeah, that's beautiful. Looking at the the etymology, the the root of the of the words and and the practices. That's yeah, that's fantastic. It's it's really you know in when, when people wonder like, how does this have any, you know, relevance today? And, and I just think it has complete relevance to Mm -hmm. today because we, we're seeing the result in, um, I mean, in North America, especially, but, but really all over the world, we're seeing the result of women displaced from positions of leadership,
0: Mm -hmm. you know?
1: And this is, this is the, this, what's happening in the world, the devastation to the environment, the violence um, against women is because of the imbalance. And this was systematic. Mm -hmm. This was systematically done to remove women from positions of leader, especially positions of spiritual leadership. Because when you look back in history most recently, even the Celts, when the Romans were invading the British Isles, the Celts, there was women, women in positions of leadership, Queen Boudica being one of the most famous because she led, you know, one of the uprisings. And the Romans just thought, oh, isn't this crazy and how barbaric, mm-hmm. like they have women leading, like how strange. But you look back and of course, pre-ancient Greek, when you look, you know, the Sumeria and and Egypt, the priestesses were on equal level with the priests. Mm -hmm. They would lead the rites. They would be tending the temples. They would be (laughs) serving the communities. And so patriarchy very, (laughs) you know, systematically just removed the face, the feminine face of God slowly, like the, you know, the goddesses had to, be stripped of their power, doused of their power. I like that you use that word, you know, just diminished. And actual women had to be removed from positions of leadership. And we're seeing the result of that. So today, in the now in the 21st century, women need to step up into more of their personal leadership Right. I'm not talking Mm -hmm. about doesn't have to be politics. It doesn't have to be business, just how you are showing up as a leader in your life. More and more women need to be uh, sharing their voice, standing up for what we believe in, because we need to bring things back into balance. But the moment that a woman does start to step into her own leadership, she's confronted by her her own relationship to power. And because Mm. we've been stripped of our power for so long and this witch wound comes up, that's why, um, we, we in fact oppress ourselves internally. We hold ourselves Mm. back internally because of the patterning. And so that is why this witch wound needs to be looked at.
0: Mm. Yes, most definitely. And it's it's so interesting because and and I know we we talked about um, the irrational fears and things like that, but also I thought about the anger when mm. when I because especially you you were talking about um, you know like see, seeing the, the fires and and just that whole like the burning. I think about now when I see. Uh, injustice against women, it it that enrages me beyond belief. Like I, I can't even explain how angry I get when I see that. Like how dare you victimize her? How dare you say she's not quite like how dare you? So Is that also part of the the witch wound when we see something, we get like triggered and the anger just arises, I guess, because maybe we saw something in our past life and, you know, we saw the, the stripping happening. So do you also experience that when you work with people who are just like, they just get triggered and angered when they see something like that?
1: Oh, yeah. Rage was one of the strongest emotions that I was feeling. Um, in my body as I, you know, in that remembrance, it was like fear, but it was also mm-hmm. rage at the injustice of it. And then, and then behind the anger was just this deep grief, you know, for mm-hmm.
0: what,
1: you know, for what was being done and for what was being yeah. lost. So yeah, that anger, I think is, is normal. And, and it's not only to this witch wound or that but that is the like the anger of millions of women being oppressed for thousands (laughs) of years you know that is like the rage of of women (laughs) everywhere I think yeah
0: yeah totally so when when people uh you know come to you they want to work with you they want to understand this what are some of the things that you have to debunk along the ways. I know you talked about how we can uh, subconsciously um, suppress some of the things and uh, within, and that hinders our growth in a lot of ways. But is there something else that uh, people have to get over? And is it multi-layered? I understand it's per person, case by case basis, but I'm wondering since we talked about that collective uh, consciousness, if there are maybe like two or three or whatever amount that is just seemingly across the board.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely share what I see kind of the first steps being, um, for, for me anyway, this is, you know, this is my experience, but also in, in supporting a lot of other women move through this, what's really helpful in the beginning. Well, I already said you need to identify it. So, mm-hmm. so even just having that awareness first, it's almost like, you know, the first step of the 12 step program, like you, 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 have to, you have to acknowledge that there's a, a problem, right? That's the first mm-hmm. step, like acknowledging that there's, <laughs> there. Okay, so great so step one is done and then the next step for me what really helped is to recognize that it didn't belong to me mm. the witch wound isn't mine it belongs to all of us and none of us right that it's mm. a, it, that this is collective to it and depending on your own beliefs about um you know, reincarnation, past lives, present, like, it's really, again, this is going to be very individual. But for me, how I think of it is that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't me 400 years ago, it wasn't Flora 400 years ago being burned mm-hmm. to the stake. But it's like a piece of consciousness that my soul remembers. Mm-hmm. And so that just putting it at arm's length, realizing like, oh, this is something that is a collective fear, a collective wounding. It doesn't belong to me. Just gave it that distance. For me, it gave me that space to kind of, to look at it more objectively. Cause it was like, Oh, well, if it's not like actually mine, like it's not my wound Mm -hmm. only. Right. Like it was like, Oh, this is something that we're collectively healing. So that was just something, you know, just having that shift, was another big step in it. Just like I said, gave me some space, put it at arm's length. Didn't, mm-hmm. you know, that it doesn't belong to me. And then the, the third step in that is, um, is really realizing uh, that, that the healing of it will, will take time. That, that, we often don't know our edges, right. Until we, until we reach them until we bump up against them. We don't, like I was saying, I thought that I was out of the broom closet. I was fine. You know, the people knew me, knew me, but it was like, once I started, once I started my business and I had a bigger platform, I was reaching more people. Then I hit an edge of is this. safe? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so understanding that the healing is going to take time because it is multidimensional. It's like (laughs) Mm -hmm. multi-timeline. And so, and so having that, giving yourself that grace, that this is like, that, you know, this is the, this is part of the deep healing of the feminine that we're, you know, so many of us are on the journey for, and that, that knowing that what is done for one is done for all and so my my healing is going to have a positive ripple effect to many people
0: yeah so so true and i really like that because uh especially when you have uh at least a process you can break it down and the timing I think is huge because just like as you were saying just when we think we're done and we go to a new level (laughs) there's a whole nother set of you know fill in the blanks worry whatever the witch wound you know pops up again so uh, one thing I also noticed is that you talked about that support system like you were saying in 1993 you had that that like sisterhood so for people who are starting out and and i realized this over the years is very private to some people some of them are still in the closet or some of them are in a situation where they can't really be out as they would like maybe they got roommates and stuff like that so what are some of the ways a, a witch who's semi out of the closet or completely in the closet can step into their power and really just not be discovered by muggles until they're ready and it's safe.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I I mean, I'm such a, a big champion for for community and for sisterhood, especially Um And in saying that, I recognize that that's, you know, that's also because of the kind of person that I am. Um, But I really do believe, you know, like Lisa Lister, um, the author of Witch says that the era of the solitary witch is over. Mm -hmm. No witch needs to be alone for her own safety. So if you are a solitary witch, make sure that that is actually your, like your choice out of your joy. If you are a solitary witch because you think you need to be or because you're maybe scared or there's some kind of intimidation, there's probably some sister wound uh, coming in there maybe with meeting with other witches, mingled with the witch wound. Oh yes, there's just so many wounds of the feminine that we can talk about. But just making sure that because you don't, I mean, certainly now with the internet, it's easier than ever for online community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and so I just, I'm, <laughs> I always really encourage people and that's why I have a big community and, and why I'm, I love group programs and ceremonies. It's really because we are, um, we are able to remember our magic, our wisdom more easily and when more joyfully, when, when we have sisters as our sacred mirrors, um, but, I think your question was how can how can a witch who's not fully out of the closet come into her own power, maybe like with outside of community? was that what you were asking? I just want to make sure uh,
0: yeah so it, it was a two parter sorry I was um I guess talking <laughs> too long with that, but yeah it was a two parter of uh basically um understanding how they can maybe create. Uh, a sisterhood but they're still in the closet or semi in the closet and they they really can't create a sisterhood where they're at because of their giving circumstance
1: right right okay yeah well then then like the internet is definitely your ally in that I I actually do have a few I do have a few clients who are still in the closet like with their with their you know with their families um that they don't know but they still make it onto the onto the group calls and they have they have they have found that outlet for themselves where they can express who you know who they are in that way so it's really it is it's really important for for any any woman on a spiritual path even if you don't identify as a witch and that's fine Mm -hmm. too you don't need to identify as a witch and there's the rub you actually don't even need to identify as a witch to still struggle with the witch wound
0: (laughs) right that's that's so true when you think about it I was reading um this was years ago so I don't I don't remember what was that the exact book but I've seen this in various articles of uh, priestesses who practiced the the sacred right you know sacred sex and they weren't witches they were they, they were priestesses and they tapped into the you know the lower chakras and things like that and of course that got demonized over the years so you're absolutely right it doesn't have to be you know or you don't have to identify yourself as a witch you can identify yourself many different ways and that will still that that witch wound will still be there
1: mhm yeah because you might be more comfortable calling yourself a healer you might mm-hmm. be more comfortable calling yourself an intuitive and though even those skills and gifts um, were you know were condemned so so yeah, so really, like find find your community online if, at the very least, and and certainly now we're we're still in the throes of of the pandemic. Not a lot of people are meeting in person anyway, but you can at least have a community online that will support you. That you feel like you can, you know, express yourself. That you can share what you're learning or what you're struggling with. You can ask questions, um, and you can really find. You know, f- it's about finding your own your own way that you want to live, like your life being that expression of your beliefs.
0: Yes. And I really like when you said, make sure it's your choice to be a, a solidary uh, witch because mm-hmm. uh, I, I know for, for me, at least, if it's something I really want to do and is really calling me, I can't hold it in. So I can't imagine wanting to, dive into that wound and work on healing and try to practice using crystals or a ritual and you can't. So I love that you have that online community for people so at least they can call in and join their virtual sisterhood. And I think, yeah, now more so than ever with technology, we can connect with those, uh, you know, fellow witches and and other uh, spiritual people and in, in doing so, th- the growth really happens, or at least it happens faster than if we would have done it alone and adding to that wound of, oh, now I can't be expressive. I think that is so uh, painful when you can't be expressive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because that's our, that's our at least in my experience, it's our natural way of wanting to be creative, to express something, to... Um, to, you know, to, to share, right? And so when we feel cut off from that, then we're cut off from the fullness of our magic, we're cut off from the fullness of our power. Um, yeah, that's, that's been my experience. And I, and I know it's, I know it's like that for you too, Tia. Mm
0: hmm. And so I'm curious what, what are some of your uh, do you have a day-to-day ritual a weekly ritual that, that helps keep you into your 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 witchy flow and I, I asked that because I know again like like you were just saying the pandemic and a lot of things going on how can we maintain that so we we are, are maintain um being in, in our our spiritual center center so that way we, we don't I don't want to say revert back, but some of those old wounds don't try to creep up.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, off the top of my head. Yeah, what I do, something that I do every day is to give myself, I, I wouldn't say that I really meditate. That's, I mean, I'm going to be fully honest, sitting meditation totally still is still a very much a challenge for me. So, I wouldn't say that I have a strong meditation practice, but I every day I give myself a few minutes of just tuning in. I tune into my body. So, I do get quiet. I usually place one hand over my heart and one hand over my womb. For me, that's like those are the centers that I really want to connect in and I just get quiet and I tune in and Uh, you know, bonus points for me, if I'm doing that in front of my altar, I have an altar, Mm -hmm. I have two altars in my home, I have one in my bedroom, and I've got one in, in my office. And so they'll often be just giving myself that moment where I'm just listening. I'm not listening to my own mental chatter. I'm actually listening to my heart. I'm listening to my womb, right? I'm, I'm tuning in and dropping into that deeper place. And then The other thing that I really do and I'm always encouraging is getting outside. (laughs) We've got to get outside. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We've got to get outside because, again, and this is for me, but my spiritual practice, you know, being a witch for me is about being attuned to nature. So, like, looking at just this morning, taking my son to school, I, of course, pointed out, I'm like, look, look at the moon it's the waning moon so we see the moon in the morning right and and he and he's bored of that by now he's like yeah whatever mom <laughs> the moon you know
0: but my um, mom's a witch she tells me yeah, every time look mom- at the moon <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But,
1: but, he, but he he knows and um and seeing seeing what what's happening in nature how are the seasons changing? What, you know, or what's, what's happening? Um, just being, being outside, even if it's, even if you have just a tiny balcony and you have some potted plants or, you know, whatever it is, where, what's your connection to nature and just the rhythms and the cycles? Yeah.
0: I love, love, love that you said that. And I'm going to reference what you said earlier when you when when I was asking how can people know if they have that wound? And you said, well, it could be as simple as you read something online as a trigger. When you said go outside, not only did that just make me so happy, it reminded me of the switch that happens when we go from being in grade school to high school. Mm-hmm. And not so much college, we'll put that aside because not everyone has to go to college, but the workforce, we're inside all the time. And non-smokers get punished for going out to take a a break to get their fresh air. I've seen this, I have seen this time and time again. People have told me this, smokers, it's okay. Someone just like, you know what? I just, I've been working all day. I need a break. it's so interesting because it's almost, like uh, some standard would set to keep people indoors as opposed to saying, hey, look, we have technology. There's Wi-Fi where we work. We have benches here. Go outside, work. We trust you. You are on the premises. Nope. And and so I'm, I'm saying this because, and I'm cur- curious what you think about this. Do you believe or do you have an inclination that something was set up in a way to make people be indoors more to make them disconnected from nature not uh, liking a cycle so many people hate winter I've grown to appreciate winter and understand the cycle so many people hate Monday so what are your <laughs> thoughts about that 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 trying to get people to disconnect from nature and disconnect from the cycles and just like hate Mondays <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah oh absolutely it was um you know i i'm i'm still really at the beginning of of doing my own research about this but um you know we we were systematically just disp- dispossessed from the land right um the you know like just an example of the enclosure uh uh I can't remember what they called them the enclosure laws I think it was that came into place in um in England in the 1700s previous to that yeah you know in the medieval times there was the feudal system and you had the lord and you have the peasants that work the land like I know like we're we're still coming from a, a a history of oppression but the even those peasants felt like You know, that they belong to the land, even if they didn't own the land. There's a difference, right? Mm -hmm. That was the real difference, I think. I mean, with capitalism and with patriarchy, it was like the shift from thinking that the land um, belongs to us, whereas previously it was we belonged to the land. Mm -hmm. right? We belong to the earth. The earth has never belonged to us is a total illusion that we have like tried to think that we can own the land. And so previously you could walk anywhere. It was like all, you know, open. Then it came the enclosures and just even think about that, like that word enclosed Mm -hmm. the enclosures. And then suddenly it was like, no, you're not allowed to walk in that. There's no public access to that and then so it's like keep keeping people just in the towns and saying you are allowed to go here but then there's all of this land that you are not allowed to do so being dispossessed from the land caused a huge rift um, in our ability to be connected to nature and so then what did what did we do we you know immigrated to North America. And we did the same thing to the first nations. We dispossessed them from the land, you know, kill them off, give them diseases. We now we're going to say we own this land. Like it was just how you see, like the wounds passed down in generations. That's exactly Mm. what happened. And yet there was a time when all of our ancestors felt like felt connected felt a sense of place and belonging. We, we are all, we were all, all of our ancestors were indigenous to somewhere at some Mm -hmm. point in time. And, and so part of my passion in this work of um, cyclic living and, you know, teaching on that and, you know, whether or not you call yourself a witch it's for me, it's grounded in connection to the earth not only as the living body is the, uh, of the goddess, which I believe, Mother Earth, like let's remember yeah, that, but also let's remember that we belong to the land. The land doesn't belong to us.
0: Hmm. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I just had to take a deep breath on that one. Because <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, I relate so much to that. And I love that... Um, when my papa was alive since i was a kid he would take me outdoors always the playground we would travel and i love traveling i just love it and uh so it's kind of breaking my heart right now <laughs> and i can't do it because because the pandemic and and i encourage people to think about what you're passionate passionate about and how that relates to the earth because i strongly believe the more we connect with and and not just where we are currently located but when everything's all well and good to go to different countries as well and tap into that energy there. I'm telling you, when I go to certain places, I just get visions as if I've been there standing waiting for something. You know, I it's just so crazy. And so I, I think that the more we get involved, as you were saying, with that um that cyclical uh living, really just understanding it, we can begin to heal more of our witch womb. Mm-hmm. And we can really grow, flourish, remember, find our sisterhood, you know, start that attraction and, and then really live that magical life.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I just have a big smile on my face listening to you because that's, that's exactly it. And that's the beautiful thing about traveling um, and experiencing different um, cultures, different environments. Um, yeah, and it it is sad that we're not able to do, do that right now, but I I think there's some really big, important lessons that we are meant to learn from this whole pandemic experience as well. And, um, and, and hopefully we're all open and humble enough to learn them.
0: (laughs) Yes. I tell you, I've learned a lot. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, and, and so let's say um, someone worked through the witch room at the level they're at, they are beginning there to, to flourish. What's next for them? What do you tend to see when you work with people that happens next?
1: Oh, well, you know, so with, with, the, with the fear uh, gone, then, uh, yeah, then they're able to create in alignment with their, you know, with their unique gifts and power. They're able to express themselves and, um, you know, just li- live a life that is a reflection of the truth of who they are. And, you know, whether it's, you know, channeling it into a business or whether it's volunteering in your community or, you know, whether you're homeschooling your kids and how it like, that's why I say how you lead your life is a very personal thing. Leadership doesn't just mean, like I said earlier, it doesn't just mean politics. It doesn't just mean business. But that is what I see, that when women really look at this and they heal that, then it just, their life becomes this beautiful, creative expression. They're not held back anymore, right? Because they're not feeling afraid.
0: Man, that's so powerful. They're not held back. I'm just envisioning women wearing, you know, so-called loud colors, Uh, you know, just having their hair the way they want to have their hair, maybe switching jobs. So I am just so thrilled that you broke this down and showing the light at the end of the tunnel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, people, I I get these messages a lot and they're just like, wow, you're just so, um, you know, unashamed of who you are. And it's so inspiring, you know, because I'm, I'm out as a witch, I'm out as a queer woman, you know, I post photos of me and my wife and our son. And I just think, yeah, why should I have any shame of who I am? And therefore online haters or comments or things, which still, I don't even get that many, but when I do, they don't affect me because there's not a, there's not a single part of me that believes I should be ashamed of who I am or that there's anything wrong with who I am and and the work that I'm doing. So when someone responds, when I'm sharing about goddesses or archetypes and they say, uh, you know, well, you, you should turn to Jesus or something. And i (laughs) Like, yeah. I'm just like, okay, you know, great. That's what you think. I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not affected by it. And so healing the triggers is the ultimate liberation. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. <laughs> I have a, a joke about the, uh, uh, you need Jesus. Um, actually, I'll say it first before I forget the joke. Someone wrote on Instagram. So you mean to tell me, in the in the Middle East, there was a Mark, a Matthew, Luke, and a John and whatever BCE or whatever. Like, you know what? Yeah, I never thought about that. Like, was that their real name? I don't think so. I don't know. So when people say stuff like that, I'm like, you got to taste some things with a grain of salt, people. Don't, don't hold some things so <laughs> hard. Um Uh, and and I don't know how accurate that is but I just thought it was funny because it's almost like you know like poking like hey guys like loosen up a little bit let people live Uh, so that was that but I also um, love 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 that you are unapologetic and it it really um, hurts my heart when people can't do that when people um, want to live their truth that's why I'm such a proponent of that whatever um, that looks like for for them for example i watched a netflix documentary oh gosh probably like three or four years ago now and it was about people who came out of the closet after they were 60 so these were people who were really like 65 70 75 years old and uh it was society caused them to have them not even i'm not even gonna say it's a part of life it's who they are hidden
1: yeah. And
0: it, it was just so like it just that that bothered me. Like like just as you were saying earlier, Flora wasn't around three thousand years ago, but it's that collecting and I'm just thinking, wow, all those years that you you had to hide yourself just so you could be accepted and get a job. And you know, one guy was in the Navy um, one woman, in some ways, she met the guy, a guy who, uh, he was gay, and, like, they just, like, confessed to each other, and, and they was, like, oh, that's great, we got the marriage as a cover, I'm, like, that, that's a shame, it shouldn't be that way, you know, so, kudos to you for just saying, you know, like, (laughs) haters on, on, you know, uh, social media, have a good day, but I (laughs) am happy, (laughs) I'm doing good in the world and this is me and we need more people like that. I was just thinking about that also because, um, uh, you know, women who are just showing up more and, you know, some people are just like, oh, she's, she's like really raunchy or she's, and I'm thinking even uh, just talking about the goddesses a little bit, not all goddesses are, are, nice and some of them are we came here to destroy and shake things up and you know so yeah, we yeah. have all these different aspects of us but yet there's so much being put on us to be and I I get it but I can't stand this ladylike that <laughs> phrase pisses me off yeah exactly
1: <laughs> because it's just another box to mm-hmm. try to stuff stuff us in and and that's it you know even with my work with the archetypes you know it, you I, I remember when I was realizing the the inherent patriarchy, even in our beloved maiden, mother, crone archetypes. It's like these are the uh, these are the acceptable roles for women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the maiden of the you know the eligible you know young you know, bride to be the mother, Mm -hmm. you know, or the, or the crone as like the grandmother, once you're, you know, you've done your duty and realizing, oh yeah, we are expanding beyond that because those, those, those roles are so limiting and they don't define us in the 21st century as women anymore. And that's part of the reason why, you know, the archetypal system that I work with, the quiz that you have that you mentioned earlier Um, Which of the seven sacred feminine archetypes are you because I've expanded them into seven because there's we have so many more options now. So it's like, yes, if you want to be the wild woman, be the wild woman. That's that if that's who you are, if you are a healer, if you are a priestess, you know, we have more there are archetypes are evolutionary in nature. And we're certainly seeing that because we have more freedom than
0: ever before. Absolutely. And that's one of the main reasons why I tell people uh, the term virgin does not mean you never had sex. Like when you go look at the actual meaning, that's not, nah, that's the patriarchy. Mother, you can give birth to a business. I don't care if you want to be a dog mom. Some people get offended with that. I'm like, let people live. I mean, I understand it because some people are like, oh, well, I'm just like, let, let the lady let, let the woman, let the person live. And the same thing with the um, the crone. You don't have to be an old woman. You can be that older, wiser woman. But I also associate that as someone who's been around a block. They're just wiser for an experience. So I I, I really, really like that you broke that down. I can't wait to finish your quiz. <laughs> and, and that you had those seven archetypes. It's so important because, and, and again, going back to, my love for words and and, and original words is that m- more than ever right now, we need to really understand how we are defining these words for ourselves. You know, for 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 one moment, screw Webster's dictionary and the Oxford dictionary. What is your definition of success, of wealth? What does love look like to you? You know, and let's let's start giving them new definitions that are catered to us. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. The success for me means
1: being fully soul expressed. Mm -hmm. You know, that's
0: my definition. What would be your definition of success? My definition of success would be happy at what you're doing. You're helping others, seeing them soar. And at the end of the day, you feel satisfied. Whatever that is, whatever, um, With whatever you set out to do, and I don't care if you do 20% of it, 100% of it, you working towards something. And if you can go home at the end of the the day, satisfied about your productivity, satisfied about you just showing up. And and I'm putting that in there because especially now, you know, sometimes you just got to show up. Then this craziness going on. That's my definition of success. If I can go to sleep at night, satisfy what I did throughout the day satisfied that I spoke up, satisfied with myself, I I, I think that's success. hmm Absolutely. And
1: I love that you, for you, service, helping others is part of your definition of success. And yeah, going to going to bed at night and knowing that that you know that you were in integrity with, with who you are and what yeah. you believe. So that's absolutely it. So I love that we do need to redefine these words for ourselves and especially the sticky ones like authority and power and leadership. Seeing we have to we have to reprogram ourselves to be be able to see women in those roles, to see ourselves in those roles and to realize that there's a new way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and the power and the leadership that we've seen that's oppressive and manipulative and um, you know greed all of that it's like hey that's the shadow side of that what is the what is the highest possible highest possible outcome with that and can we can we redefine
0: it so it's so important what you're talking about to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so any final words and, and anything you want to let the, the listeners know, any upcoming events, uh, how they can uh, reach out to you directly?
1: Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. If this is something that you are uh, resonating with, um, I'm, you know, take, take my archetype quiz. That's all very interesting information about, um, you know who you are in terms of that archetypal lens. Connect with me on Instagram uh, if you want to to connect more. That would be great. Uh, this this whole conversation has just been has just been wonderful. And I, I mean, I don't know. Final thoughts. I guess what I do want to say is that there's a, there is a lot of courage in in healing this witch, witch wound. It does require a lot of courage, and there's also there's also a level of responsibility for yourself in what you're calling in. If you're ready to call yourself a witch, that there is a, there, there is a history of, of pain and trauma there. So, so having that awareness, then you realize the, the responsibility that you're taking on with that. And also to understand what it will trigger like in yourself, as you're healing on this path, what it will trigger in others and, and doing it from a place that's, that's compassionate. And, and also that it's coming from your truth. I guess that's just where I'm wanting to say it's not calling yourself a witch just because it's trendy right now, or, you know, that it's about like, you know, the trinkets and the, and the things it's, that's not what it's about really be clear on that for yourself as you're, you know, as you're facing into healing this.
0: Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> thank thank you. I, I'm glad that you said that too about, you know, the whole Trini situation because this really involves a lot of research, a lot of reading um, to really un- understand because those, those emotions do flow. They flow <laughs> and flow. <laughs> <laughs> so you know hopping on it because it's you know a little bit trendy uh that's not gonna help at all um so thank you for that <sighs> what a lovely conversation I feel a sense of relief already already mm-hmm. wow <laughs> thank you I really appreciate this thank you so much
1: you're so welcome and thank you um for the
0: for the light work that you are doing in the world mm-hmm So listeners, I am sending you so many blessings. I am rooting for you as always. Remember to be kind to yourself. Until next time. As always, Spiritual Trailblazer, thank you for tuning in. Do make sure to stop by and visit me at tiamariejohnson.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Last but not least, be kind to yourself. I'm rooting for you and I'm sending you so many blessings until next time.